welcome to the Seed to Sow podcast. I am Lisa Weathers Hall, and I am excited to share a word from the Lord with you today. I pray that you will be encouraged by what God speaks to us through this message. Help for the long haul. And the scriptural basis for this teaching is Hebrews chapter 10, verses 19 through 25. Hebrews chapter 10, verses 19 through 25. This is how it reads. Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way opened for us through the curtain, that is, his body. And since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with the full assurance that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. The writer of this epistle, the writer of Hebrews, is addressing this letter to the Hebrew Christians. This group of believers had converted from Judaism to Christianity. They had been very deeply steeped in the traditions and practices of Judaism. The Judaic laws were so familiar to them and they were so accustomed to the old way and the old covenant. When they were converted to Christianity, they started out well in their relationship with Christ. But as experience and time went on and challenges piled up, they began to falter and to fall back to their old ways. They felt they had a relationship with God based on the old covenant, and this was what was most familiar to them. As time passed, they became weary and began to falter in their faith in the long haul. Now, what I mean when I say the long haul is that a long haul is a period of prolonged or difficult effort. If you've lived for any significant period of time, you have come to understand that it's what happens in the long haul that is most important. When you're in it for the long haul, it means you are determined to continue with something until it is finished. We learn from experience that any worthwhile endeavor is usually easy 
at the beginning. But it's what happens in the long haul that really matters. Relationships are light and easy in the beginning. And the rush of emotion and affection and the newness of the relationship smooth over a lot of things in the early days. But as time passes in that relationship, you get to know each other better and you learn to dig in and love in spite of as much as because of. As time passes, as you get out of the short haul into the long haul, you find it takes a little more work to make it through. School is easy. A class is easy at the beginning. But things should rightfully become more challenging and difficult as you learn more and are required to grasp more complicated concepts. Spiritually, we often start out with excitement and that sense of relief from our sins, that joy of fresh salvation. And we can't wait to go to church, to worship. We're excited about reading God's word and hearing God's word and being among God's people. But then for many in the long haul, we sometimes fall back and we're disappointed sometimes when things don't go according to our plans and we become discouraged in our prayer lives. Life crowds in and we find we are spending less time devoted and pursuing the things of God. I want to tell you a secret. It's not what happens in the short term that determines the value of anything. It's what happens in the long haul. Ecclesiastes says that end of a matter is better than its beginning and patience is better than pride. When you go to a store to buy jewelry, the jewelry in the case sparkles underneath those special lights that they have. But what's important is not how it sparkles in the beginning. What's important is how it sparkles after you've worn it for a while. I have a watch that is probably 30 years old or more. And I've wore it for many, many years, almost every day. But one day I was clapping my hands and it came apart. I took it to the jeweler and he said he fixed it. But I went to church and I was clapping my hands again and it fell apart again. And so I took it back to the same jeweler and I said, you know, I know you said you fixed this, but it's still falling apart. And so after he had a chance to look at it, he said, you know, this watch is real gold. I mean, it's real gold. And I knew that. He said, when something is real gold, sometimes it begins to wear down and the metal has to be tightened. Trials and challenges often last longer than we hope. When others said the economic recession was over some time ago, many of us found it lasted longer for us. And even the current pandemic has lasted into the long haul, although many of us thought it would be over by now. It really is in the long haul. 
if we're going to make it spiritually, if we're going to endure our challenges, we need to know how to make it in the long haul. Second Timothy 2 and 3 tells us, endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. There are some instructions in Hebrews 10 that tell us what to do when we're enduring in the long haul. A few years ago, my husband and I went to a concert at the Verizon Center and the music was really good. It was a gospel concert and the choirs were extraordinary. It was really nice being out on a Saturday evening. We had some good seats and they said there were 10,000 people in there. Well, the first choir sang, and I mean, they really sang to the glory of God. It felt like the roof would come off. But then the music stopped and the spotlight turned to three judges sitting on the side. And they started talking about what they thought about the song. I told my husband, I wish they would just get rid of those old judges and let the choir sing. And he said, but don't you understand? That's what this is. It's not a concert as much of a contest. You see, I misunderstood what the whole thing was all about. When challenges go on and on, we think it's something odd. But that's what life is about. It's one challenge after another. One living and learning experience after another. It's about how we make it through the long haul. 1 Peter 4.12 says, Beloved, don't be surprised at the fiery trial that has come upon you as though something strange were happening to you. This is what life is about. And in this passage of scripture, we are given three instructions about how to make it through the long haul. The first instruction is found in verse 22. Draw near to God. Verse 22 says, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with the full assurance that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. If we're going to make it in the long haul, if we're going to make it through these multiple challenges, if we're going to be victorious over what the enemy throws our way, we have to draw near to God. You know, it, it was said in the 2012 election that the Republican Party had one objective that they were determined to meet. Their one objective was to make sure that President Obama was a one-term president. It didn't work. Satan's number one objective is to stop your progress, to stop you from growing in a deeper and more intimate relationship with God. He has one objective. He wants to keep you from drawing near to God. God draws us. He calls us, not because he wants to place burdens on us, but to say, come here. This is where your blessing is. Come close. There is something I want to say to you. As we experience his presence and power, his blessings begin to flow. 
we experience the wonder and excitement of closeness with the Almighty God. God says, there are some pitfalls I want to keep you from falling into. Draw near so I can talk to you. The story is told of a small town in North Wales. One day, the town awoke to the fact that there was no water flowing through the pipes. The main reservoir was full, but there was no water flowing into the town. The town officials investigated and discovered that the main water pipe that carried the water supply was blocked. An eel had wiggled its way up into the pipe and blocked the water from getting to the town. There was plenty of water in the reservoir, but no water was flowing. What has wiggled into your pipe? What is blocking you from drawing nearer to God? What is keeping you from experiencing the full flow of God's spirit? Sometimes it's just busyness, just a habit of doing things that don't really have a lot of eternal value, just busyness. Sometimes it's laziness. Sometimes it's complacency, rebellion, just refusal to listen to the voice of God. Sometimes it's unforgiveness or bitterness, stubbornness, or just refusal to obey God. Sometimes it's because we have not made it a priority to spend time with him. James chapter 4 says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. And oh, the joy when he draws near to us. When you draw near to him, you will find that he is a very present help in times of trouble. You may be tempted in difficult times to step back, but that's the time to draw near. That's the time to draw closer. You see, the enemy wants to cut off your supply, but that's the time to draw near. Whatever you have to put aside, whatever you have to give up, don't fail to draw near to God on a daily basis. Hebrews 12 says, let us lay aside every weight and sin that hinders. Let nothing get in the way. Drawing near to God is the most important thing in helping us to grow spiritually and to make it through the long haul. You want more closeness, more fellowship. He wants more closeness. He wants you to hear his voice more clearly and to have a greater consciousness of his presence in your life. I was sitting in my granddaughter Janai's classroom over to the side. I was listening to what they were learning. And at one point, the teacher told them to all sit on the carpet to get ready for a story. After they had all sat down, Janai got up and started walking across the room toward me. I said, Janai, you're supposed to be sitting down. And she kept coming. And she was walking deliberately. She came over and I leaned down to see what she wanted. And she said, I just wanted to give you a kiss. She kissed me on my cheek. 
There are times when the Spirit draws us to spend time with Him. And He just wants us to experience His presence and remember how much He loves us. To know His approval and to feel His favor toward us. And to know the security and assurance of His presence and protection. So first, draw near to God. The second thing, Hold on. Verse 23 says, Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. This isn't the time to let go, no matter how long the trial lasts. This is not the time to let down. Even if it's been a long haul, the trial has lasted a long time. But hold on. Hold on to what you know about God, to what you know he's done in the past, what he has promised. When you can't see your way, hold on to what you know in your heart and your spirit. Hold on to his promises. The more we mature spiritually, the more we will be required to operate with confidence that transcends what we can see or expect in the natural. Let me say that again. The more we mature spiritually, the more we will be required to operate with confidence that transcends what we can see or feel in the natural. Hold on and know God's word and know what you're entitled to. If it's been a long time, this is not the time to give up. It's not time for your faith to falter. It's time for your faith to flourish. It's time to put into practice what we've been saying all along about who God is and how he is, how he is faithful, how he is a miracle worker, how he is a way maker. Psalm 91 says, Psalm 90 verse 1 says, he has been our dwelling place in all generations. Use the faith you have. It's time to put your faith into practice. Say, God, I can't see my way clear. I don't know how you're going to work this out. But I know in your word you said you will supply all my needs. You said you would never leave me nor forsake me. And I will stand on your word. You know, when you look up at a night sky, some stars twinkle more brightly. And I believe that God looks out over the earth and There are those of us who light up to him. Second Chronicles 16, 9 says, For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong to those whose heart is blameless toward him. Faith says, even when things are rough, I don't know what the outcome will be. But I know you are a faithful God. I know I don't have to see you working to know you are working things out for me. The thing that distinguishes us to God, the thing that lights us up to God is our faith. It is when we say, God, I trust you. I know you are in control. It doesn't look so good. It doesn't feel so good. I know you made the promise and you are faithful. The Bible says, Abraham, though he was way past the age, Way past the age, way past the time. Said Abraham 
still believed he would be the father of many nations when he was sacrificing Isaac. God's instructions seemed to contradict what God had promised him. But because of his faith, he was called to believe the impossible. When God made the promise to Abraham, he was young enough to think it was very possible. But as time passed, it would have been easy for Abraham to doubt. When time continued to pass and he and Sarah were way past the age, that was the long haul. Some of us are way past the time for some of the things we've prayed for. We're still waiting for God to reveal the answers to our prayers. But that verse says, hold unswervingly. Even when you don't feel it, say, God, I trust you. Don't stop believing him now. You've come too far. He's made a way too many times before. Maybe it's not all like you want it to be right this moment, but hasn't he held you together in the meantime? So the first thing, draw near. The second thing, hold on. But third and finally, look out. Verse 24 says, let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. You mean in the midst of my trials, I need to stop and think about someone else? With my little bit of resources, I need to consider what somebody else needs? Do you mean I should stop thinking only about myself and think about somebody else? How can you encourage someone else? Help the body of Christ, even in the midst of your challenging times. That's the time. With your little, you really can help somebody else. You mean take my eyes off myself and stop and spur someone else on? Yes. There was a story on NPR about a book written by a man who had found a suitcase full of letters written in 1993, 1933, I'm sorry, that were saved by his mother. 1933 was in the middle of the Depression when nobody had any money and there was so much need and so much desperation. There was a gentleman who was an illegal immigrant and he had actually falsified his papers to stay in this country. But he was blessed to have developed a business. And so he had a little extra money and he decided to share with other people who might be in need. He put out a notice that people could write him for financial help. And letters came from everywhere from children who wanted something for Christmas, from people who just needed $5 or people who just needed a pair of shoes or a Christmas gift for a loved one. As he read through the letters, this man who wrote the book said he saw where his grandfather had sent one and then three and then $5 to all these different people. 
And people wrote him letters back saying how much that little bit of money had helped them to make it. In fact, the only living survivor at the time who was age 91 wrote about how her life had been completely changed because that little bit of money had helped her to keep going. When we come to the end of our lives, I don't believe it will be the sense of commission that we will be most regretful of. But I believe the sins of omission will be the things we regret. People we could have helped. Needs we could have met. Good we could have done. People we could have made a difference in their lives. I was having devotions with our school agers the other day. And I was talking with them about how sometimes things that happen don't always look like blessings. And we were talking about Job and the story of Job and how he was a good man, but he still had great difficulty and how he lost everything. Well, I was in the middle of telling the story about his loss and how his children were gone and how his riches were gone. His wife went away and my grandson Malik interrupted me and he said, but Nana, you have to get to the end of the story. God gave Job double what he had before because he continued to have faith in God. We all know what Job endured. We know what he suffered financially, emotionally, physically. But do you know when things changed for Job? When Job stopped and he prayed for his friends, he took the focus off himself. And God poured out twice as much as he had at first. One of God's great objectives is to get us to the place where we get ourselves off the throne of our lives where we get the focus off ourselves and look around to see how we can bless someone else. At the end of that Verizon Center concert I told you about, everybody was trying to leave all at once. And even then, I was concerned about these crowds of people. And I was wondering how long we were going to have to wait for the elevator. But we had to wait a while and finally, we were able to get on, and people crowded in. And I thought to myself, this is a really tight place. When the doors closed, it seemed that it was even tighter. We were all facing the direction of the door that had closed. But then a voice said, the door will open behind you. And all at once, everybody turned around and the door behind us opened in the opposite direction. You may feel that your place is a tight place. And you may feel that you've been there for the long haul. And you may feel that you might not be prepared if your trial goes on too long. But turn to the Father. The door will open. 
And when it opens, you will be at the place God designed for you to be. In the meantime, while you're still in the long haul, draw near to God. Hold on and look out. After a while, by and by, Hebrews 12, 37 says, He who is coming will come and will not delay. He who has promised is faithful. You see, you can make it through the long haul because you know he who has promised is faithful. Praise your way through. Worship your way through. Don't give up. Worship with determination even in the long haul. Say, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear of it and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. Hang on for the long haul. Draw near to God. Hold on and look out. Worship him with determination in the long haul. Amen, amen, amen. Our Father, we thank you for what you have spoken today. Father, you always have something to say to us individually and collectively. And my prayer is, Lord God, that you would continue to minister that word through your spirit in the hours and the days and the weeks to come. Pour out your abundant blessings toward us. And we will be careful to give you the praise and the honor and the glory. We love you, God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Join us again next week for the Seed to Sow podcast with Reverend Lisa Weathers Hall. You can also reach us by email at seed to sow ministry at gmail.com. S E E D T O S O W ministry at gmail.com. God bless you.